Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, it's so great to be back with you. How are you today? I'm doing great and uh, looking forward to having a great conversation about the conversation we had with Jim Levine, who's a world-renowned literary agent. You know, he's someone that uh, people submit their book ideas to, and then he helps them write the proposal and present them to publishers so that they can ultimately get published. But the thing about Jim is that uh, he is just a very, very smart guy who knows his business cold and can really assess whether a book or an author has potential. The other thing about Jim I learned after listening to your conversation with him is he's a genuinely curious guy. I mean, he told you he's reading a book right now called Quantum Physics Made Me Do It. He's a literary agent reading a book about quantum physics. So this guy is just genuinely interested in the world around him. And I'm excited to dive into our questions for today that go a little deeper into what you talked to Jim about. So are you ready for it, David? Let's go. Question number one. Okay, David, you're in the middle of wrapping up your next book. And Jim says that writing a book is really just half of the publishing process. The other half is marketing the book and getting it in front of the right audience. David, I want to hear what your experience has been like with this book compared to books you've written in the past. Well, cool. I'm really excited about my upcoming book. It's about my favorite topic, which is learning and uh, how leaders learn. And so it's been a, a labor of love for me. And it was a book where I wanted to make sure that I got the best possible publisher to give it a, a good shot in the marketplace. And uh, I'm really pleased that the Harvard Business Review Press has agreed to publish the book. They're very, very excited about it. They're going to make sure that the, the book gets the right visibility, the right presence in bookstores, and the right presence uh, online. So it's like anything else. You, you got to really pick the right partner if you want to have any kind of success. And in the, the book world, you, know, you need to have a literary agent like Jim who can present you options on the partnership front. And then you gauge people's uh, excitement about your, your book and you hear how they would pitch it and how they would market it. And the people that do the best job of really convincing you that they can make it a bestseller, that those are the people that you go with. Question number two. I love in the episode when Jim says that he's an idea hunter. He explains how some authors come to him with a book idea. Then after spending some time asking that author questions, Jim hunts down an even better idea for their book. David, how should leaders go about hunting down new ideas? Well, I think in Jim's case, what he's really talking about is collaboration. You know, you know, somebody might present an idea for a book, and then what he does is he thinks about how the book could potentially be a bigger idea, and he makes those suggestions. So he builds on one idea to come up with a stronger idea, and I think that's a that's really key. I love the idea of you know being a idea hunter. You know, I think every leader should be an idea hunter. You should be looking for good ideas wherever you can find them, from your competition from your suppliers, from your customers, from your people. And one way to be a great uh, idea hunter is, is to have your antenna up. Always be looking for these things. And then when you find something and learn something, and when you really find a really good idea, 
scream it from the rooftops that you found this idea and that you're so excited about it. And then guess what? You know, more ideas will uh, pop. And you'll also be creating a, a culture where people will be looking for those ideas because people do follow the leader. There's an author I love. Her name is Anne Lamott. And in her book, Bird by Bird, she talks about how she always carries around note cards in her pocket because if she gets hit with a brilliant idea for a book, she doesn't want to forget it. So she writes it down. And so ever since I read that book, I've been carrying around this tiny notebook that's about the size of an index card. And when I have an idea, I mean, they're so fleeting. I just jot it down. And then the next day I'll sit down at my desk and see if my ideas from the day before were worth pursuing. But I think that's so true, David, just being able to have somewhere to deposit those ideas because you never know what they could turn into down the road. I used to carry a notepad and I, I used to have one in my pocket and then I used to have one by my bedside and would some, you know, when I would wake up with an idea, I'd write it down because a lot of times you forget it. And, but I just use my iPhone. It's pretty simple. You know, you just, just go to your iPhone and go to drafts and, you know, have an idea section. And whenever one pops up, you just type it in and uh, you're Mr. Technology or in your case, Ms. Technology. <laughs> okay, moving on. Question number three. Literary agents like Jim have to deal with rejection a lot. And in the episode, you asked Jim what he does to deal with that rejection when it happens over and over again. He said to combat the defeat his team feels when they get rejected by a publisher, they created a work culture where rejections and failures are embraced and talked about openly. And he believes that this helps his people get more comfortable with rejection. David, have you ever been in a role where you've been repeatedly rejected? And if so, how'd you handle it? Well, to answer that question, cool, I got to go back to college because I had a, had a few jobs where I learned a lot about rejection. Okay. Number one, to make some money, I sold pots and pans. Now, when you sell pots and pans, you got to knock on doors and you got to get inside the door and you got to tell everybody why they need pots and pans and you got to learn how to sell. And you know what? When you knock on the door and say, hey, would you, would you like to have some you know, really great pots and pans? Most people just shut the door to your face. But you realize the more doors than you knock on, the better chance is that somebody is going to need some pots and pans. And you just got to just keep pounding those the streets and pounding on those doors. And you know that the odds are in your favor. You just can't give up. You know, I had the same experience when I sold encyclopedias. And these door-to-door -door sales jobs were some of the best things that I ever did because I learned how to present myself find the angle that could get me in the house. And then once I got in the house, the odds were very, very good that I was going to close the sale. The other thing I was in college is I was a rush chairman. You know, I went to University of Missouri and I, uh, my job was to rush the people in, on the west side of the state, you know, from Columbia, Missouri to, to Kansas City, basically. And I covered all the high schools. And, you know, I, I would go after what I thought were the, could be the best candidates. And, you know, we got our fair share. But a lot of times there would be these people who I really wanted to get in our fraternity and, and they said no and they went somewhere else. And that was really hard to take because, you know, you know, I was putting myself out there, really spending time on trying to recruit the person. And, Getting that no was was tough to take. But the thing that I learned there was just the importance of recruiting great talent. You know, I really was very proud of the people that I brought into the fraternity. 
you know, because these were really great people and they upgraded the fraternity, made us better. And, you know, I learned very early on, you know, get the right people on your team, get you the right people in your organization. You can do bigger things. You know, we were better in academics. We were better in sports. And, you know, we were better on, in, in every aspect because we recruited really fine people into the fraternity. I love that story. I, too, was rush chairman of my sorority in college and experienced some of those similar woes of wanting somebody to join your group and then saying no to you and going somewhere else. I think one thing about rejection that has been helpful for me is that, you know, rejection is kind of inevitable. If you, you know, are applying to college or applying to a job, you're going to hear no. And so what I learned from an early age is, just get used to hearing no, and then it doesn't sting as much when you hear no again. So I applied to like 20 colleges when I was in high school, and I didn't have any idea where I was going to go. And I knew I was going to hear no from a lot of schools that were high on the list, and I did, and that hurt a lot. But then when I started applying to jobs after college, the no's that I got, the rejections that I got from the jobs that I didn't get didn't hurt as bad and didn't sting as much because I had just gotten used to hearing no. And so I think for people who have fear of rejection and who don't take risks because they're afraid they'll hear the word no, you just got to practice it. And the more you practice getting good at hearing no, the easier it's going to be for you to keep moving forward. Everything you're saying about no, Kula is right on the money, but we all know that one of the things that getting no's teaches you it's a lot better when you get the yes. And that learning <laughs> experience is, I think, very, very powerful. Because what you want to have as a leader is the best possible ability to get people to say yes. Well, that wraps our time for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in to How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, will help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And be sure to tune in this Thursday as we dive into my conversation with Mark King, the CEO of Taco Bell.